Welcome to 2021, where time travel isn't a thing. We would travel to the future, get technology and design pioneers from 2050 to teach us how to build a brilliant tomorrow. But that's against the rules of physics. Instead, we bring you the pioneers of today, tech enthusiasts, creatives, entrepreneurs, and listen to their individual stories, their purpose, and how they became the change makers they are today in their industry, and learn about what inspires them and how they function. This is the See You Tomorrow podcast. Welcome to the See You Tomorrow podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Logie. I'm a creative entrepreneur and a catalyst for change, and I get inspired by interviewing people who are creating change for tomorrow's world. The See You Tomorrow podcast is powered by Harbour Space, the university of the future. Find out more at harbour.space. Okay, so today we are talking to Amir Kasai, who was born in Iran, raised in Austria, and grew up in and educated in France. And you have worked for a long time in advertising, Mm -hmm. now in design, and you've been teaching creativity and ideation at Harbour Space. Yes. So, uh, which is the art of solving problems. Um, So let's talk about your sort of growing up in Iran and how you got into advertising your path to where you are now? Yeah, I was born in Iran. Um, I fled my country as I was 15, all alone, no money, no parents, as a political refugee. I applied for a political refugee in Austria. I grew up in Austria, went to school there, finished school, went to France, studied in France, started to work in marketing, and then I realized that the advertising part is much more interesting, so I started to do every job in advertising, and then I I realized that I can be a good creative, so that is how I started in advertising. Okay, so your your skills or your passion is is creativity, or, you know, how how do you sort of relate to... I would not say that, because the question is, what is creativity? I think creativity is about the ability and the talent and the passion to solve problems. So everybody is creative. The problem is not a lot of people are really enhancing it. So yes, everybody's passion is creativity because you need to solve problems all your life long, no? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And creativity, you've been teaching at the Harbour Space and solving the art of yeah. solving problems. How, you know, how do you see creativity solving problems, for example? Can, can That's you? the only way I see it. It's not a craft for me. I mean, especially if you want to start a business or build a startup or trying to help corporations, it's mainly about solving problems. It's not about craft in the, in the first line. I mean, it's nice to be talented, but I think the majority of, of the ambition of creativity should be try to solve a problem in an in a original and innovative way here. Okay. Did you discover creativity yourself just by following your intuition or did you sort of you yeah know? I mean if you walk with with open eyes and open ears to life you you get inspired I mean creativity is I mean inspiration is everywhere and, and again creativity is in all of us so it's only about to really bring it out in some way no? mm. and particularly now I think people are realizing the importance of creativity yeah but the problem is 99% of all the people are defining it in the wrong way 
So that's the reason I'm saying creativity for me is not about being an artist. It's about solving a problem. So everybody is creative. Yeah. Even the techies are creative, no? As you realized. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I mean, that's the problem. The definition of creativity is not related to art. It's related to having the intellectual ability to see things in a different way and trying to solve them in a different way. So that is my definition of creativity. If you take it that way, it's a huge chance at the moment. If you take it the old way, it's not. Okay. And with advertising, do you, I mean, do you see, you know, the way advertising is shaping? Do you, is it shaping in a different way to how, when you were working? I mean, it is one of the industries that are struggling the most. I mean, they were struggling before the pandemic and they will now be officially fucked because the technology is changing the process of how you are actually creating marketing strategies and advertising ideas. And it will have a big effect in the advertising industry. Um, it's not fun anymore, to be honest. Because you worked in the advertising for 30 years and yes. then you decided to leave the yes. advertising world. But I didn't know about Corona, so I, I had the best timing. I left one month before Corona happened. And why did you decide to leave? It was simple because I did it already for 30 years and I, I was doing it in autopilot mode. So and I'm young enough to to use my time and my lifetime to learn other stuff, to do other stuff. So that was my motivation. I said, I don't want to waste my time on something that I already know. I want to just try to find other things, experience other things, learn other things. Yeah. Okay. And what the other things that you're, you know, we're talking about is the design world and fashion. Architecture and design, yeah. But that is something that I always did beside advertising. So we have an architecture and design company where we are uh, designing and renovating and restorating uh, architectural projects, properties, houses, flats, but in a very, very unique way. That is what one thing that I'm doing. I'm working on... Um, launching a fashion brand, a high-end street fashion brand, which will be end of this year, beginning of next year. Okay. And I have a content production company. Yeah. Okay. How do you, how do you manage all these projects all at once? So are you sort of, you just build a good team or? Yeah, collaborating with the right people. I think creativity is about finding the right people and, and radical collaboration. That's what I believe too. It's not a it's not a one-man one show or one-woman show. It's always... Uh, uh, setting up the right people and the right connections and the right collaborations to to create something amazing, no? Absolutely. And always finding people who are better than you. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree with can, that. Who you can learn from them, you know? And yes. Getting inspired. Yeah. It's a bit like playing a game of tennis and, may, and finding someone who's better than you. No, I'm playing chess. It's much better than tennis. Yeah. By the way, did you guys start it already? No, did they, they start to teach you chess? No, no, they didn't, but they should. That, that was one of the first things that I did. That's the best, that, that's the ultimate game. If it comes to creativity, it's the ultimate game. Yeah, when, when I play chess, I'm, I used to play tennis, but tennis is a little bit boring. Okay, so chess is your preferred game. Oh yeah, it's the ultimate game. I mean, I love it. It's the best training for the brain. Yeah, I would agree with that. And yeah. it's the best, best school for life. You can apply so many things from chess to normal life and to, oh. to normal business. It's great. Okay, great. Tell, tell us about this fashion brand that you're building. I, I, I cannot talk about it a lot because um, um, if I would reveal it, the whole idea is gone. But it will be very disruptive. It will be very provocating and it will change a lot of things. 
Uh, but it would be interesting. So that's okay. what I can say. So will it be changing the landscape of, of buying on the high street? For no, example? it will change the value perception of a lot of people, hopefully. Okay, because obviously, I mean, there's many things uh, which are being disruptive and fashion is one of them. Fashion is fucked, officially. I mean, <laughs> now, latest after Corona, fashion is fucked. I mean, it's over. Yeah. Not only the high fashion, but also the streetwear and the fast fashion is fucked. Well, because people are more conscious also about... No, but I, again, that's what I'm saying is a lot of industries were already struggling before the pandemic. And what, pan, what, pan, what the pandemic is doing is accelerating on a fast pace. So if you are not moving fast enough, if you're not disrupting fast enough, if you're not redefining where you are fast enough, you're gone, which is great. Yes. I mean, I'm one of the few people in the world who love this pandemic. I think it's amazing. I mean, not the health part of it, but the consequences of it. It will wash away all the things without substance. It's amazing. I love it. I wake up every morning and I look at the news and say, another industry who is fucked. It's great. No, it's, I think it's a little bit like 100 years ago with the, with the last industrial revolution. I think the old world is dying and the new world is starting. Mm -hmm. But also there, I mean, we had the discussions. I'm not like a full uh, believer in technology alone. I believe technology is great as a tool, but you have to always combine it with creativity and humanity mm -hmm. in order to create you know, real innovation. But I think it's an amazing time. It's an, it's an amazing, I would love to be 20 now. It would be amazing. I mean, I'm jealous of the guys here because they will, they will shape and change the world big time, big time. Yeah. It's already happening. If you look at what is going on in the background, it's amazing. Yes. Well, no, I mean, things are, the coronavirus has certainly sped things up. And I think it's focused on, you know, keeping the what's quality versus quantity. Exactly. Yeah, but actually, yeah, you're right. Innovation and technology and creativity, they all work hand in hand. And, you know, and this is the excitement of today is what yeah, we're seeing. No, no, it's great. Great times. Yeah. So, but, so, and you've been teaching here at Harper Space. Why do you feel it's important to, you know, why have you suddenly gone into teaching? I did it all the time during, even during my advertising career, because I love to... It's actually not about teaching, it's about learning. I think if, if, you, if you work with young people from different amazing backgrounds, you learn more than you teach them. And that is the aspect that I love. Mm -hmm. And I think it was my ambition was to, 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 to really um, give them this understanding that being an expert in a, in, a, in a very, very specific field will not help you being successful as a business guy, as a startup, as, a, as an engineer. So you need to have the ability to look at things in a, in a different way and try to really push to go over the edge if it comes to having an idea and also giving, the, giving them the discipline and the, and the process of how you're approaching things. So that was the main motivation. Okay. And I did it, I believe, I mean, that is the feedback that I got. I, I'm doing it in a completely different and unconventional way. It's not like a normal seminar. I mean, you can ask the guys. It's crazy. But I think you need to be crazy in order to be creative. And crazy means out of any box, out of any norm, out of... Yeah, if you're crazy, that's a compliment, actually. 
yeah. right? <laughs> no, it's fun. It's it's difficult, f- uh, f- uh, especially at the beginning, to make this transformation, to make this one or two steps to come to this place. We try to understand it's not about your rational brain; it's about your intuition. Mm-hmm. And once you start using it, amazing things happening. You know. Yeah. So you know, we had a lot of fun. I mean, I had a lot of fun. I think if you ask my students, they had a lot of fun too. It was it was more fun than a and a typical like like a capsule seminar where somebody's standing there and telling you shit that you don't that you think is not relevant anyway. I don't I mean I didn't believe it as I was studying. I hated 90% of all these people standing in front of me are telling me stuff that I never need. Inspire me, give me something where I say wow, I'm shocked. Yeah. And that is what I was doing. So you were pushing the boundaries. And your way of teaching is not the traditional way. It's it's very much no, it's I don't think so. No, I'm I'm te- I'm not teaching. As I said, I'm not teaching. It's more about inspiring and entertaining and and um, giving the people a space where they where they feel secure to be crazy. Yes, I don't want them to to replicate uh, the rules. I want to, I want them to break the rules. So. No, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, it works in the field of creativity and ideation. I'm okay. If you are in a very, very specific field, maybe it's different. No, no, but that is that is how I did it. I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. it. Was it was a great time? Okay. Have you always broken the rules in terms of you know? Yeah, build- I had to, to in order to survive. I mean, I was on my own as I'm fifth as I was fifteen. With no parents, no money, no support, no orientation. So the only way to survive is to break the rules. There's no other way. If you follow the rules, you die. And if you stick to it and you don't lose it, that's amazing because I don't have any any problems. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean it sounds very arrogant, but no. If I hear people moaning about that they have problems, no, they don't. You don't know what problems are. Because you never had problems. I'm talking about real problems. So looking backwards, it was a great lesson and experience and it helped a lot. No, no, but I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm, I was always breaking rules and I will always break rules because otherwise I could lay and die. I mean, Absolutely. what is the reason of living then? Yes. Are you def- I'm not saying being criminal. I'm not saying go outside the law system. I'm saying... Be smart about, don't, don't believe that the rules are the rules. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also go, you know, go into something and feel like, you know, the world is your oyster. It's up to you to make it, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And what brought you to Spain? Because you've lived in many countries. And you know, <coughs> I came to Spain because I was building a marketing agency for Seat, for the car brand, four and a half years ago. A global, a global company. C14. Yeah, no, it's Catorce. It's 14, 14. Um, And that's the reason I came to Barcelona. And I was living everywhere in the world, but I fell in love with Barcelona as a city. And I have a a house in Ibiza, so I'm going back and forth. So I'm 50% of my time here and 50% in Ibiza, so. Okay, so why did you decide to, you know, live in Ibiza 50% of the time? Is it just a choice? Because it's the most amazing place on the fucking planet. Yeah? That's the only reason. You love it? No, it meant it's the most fucking amazing place on the planet. I was everywhere in the world. Believe me, there's no other place than that. Forget Bali, forget Mexico, forget everything. Ibiza is the place. No, no, I love it there. 
But I, I, I had a place since 12, 13 years there. And then a couple of years ago, I came here. And then I said, why shall I live somewhere else if I can live between Barcelona and Ibiza, which is 30 minutes flight. So yeah, and you... I love the city of Barcelona. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things going wrong. I think they are not selling and marketing the city right. And they are not positioning the city right, if you ask me. But that's a different topic. But I love the city. I mean, I love the vibe. The size of it, the location, the lifestyle. Okay, and in Bifra, you like the energy there? I'm not this kind of, I mean, that I have a discussion with a lot of people where they say, yeah, Barcelona is cool, but there is no energy. Uh, and I don't get it because uh, I was never this kind of person who needed to have an environment with energy because the energy is coming from myself, from me and my within. So. I don't need New York to be energetic and I don't need a place to be crazy to be energetic. So, but I need a place which has the right vibes. So that's the reason I, I, I love Barcelona. I mean, I lived in New York, I lived in LA, I lived in Sydney, in London, in Paris. But if I can choose, I would always choose Barcelona. Why, but why though? Do you, I mean, can you explain that? Because the vibe is right, the lifestyle is right, the, the whole concept is right. I mean, it depends also which age you are or which Absolutely. stage in your life you yeah. are. If I would be 20 and I didn't see anything, maybe New York would be interesting just to experience it. But looking backwards, and also in the certain age that I am, in the certain part of my life, for me, it's a perfect place to be. I mean, with all these difficulties and with all these restrictions that you have, that's the reason I said I think we could do all do a better job positioning and marketing this place in a much better place. But other than that, I love it. No, I love to be here. Okay, and you set up Katofe and for Seat for the Seat brand, which was very successful. Mm. Why did you suddenly decide? Okay, I want to. I want to do something. Because with... I said all, always, and that's a plan that I had since almost ten years that I will stop with advertising at some point. Again, I made the plan to go out five years, six years ahead. So I knew that I'm leaving. I was lucky because I left one month before Corona, so. Okay. And it's not the first time that you've, you know, been CEO of an advertising agency. You worked for DDB before. Yeah, Katoz is part of DDB. So I was the global C, uh, CCO of DDB, which is the second largest uh, advertising network out of New York. We had, we had 280 offices around the world. And you, ma before. you I managed? I was managing it, yeah. But then I had to build this agency. So I built this agency and I was doing my global job at the same time. Then I stepped down from my global job because it was too much. And then I knew already that I would do it one year or two years more and then I would go out here. Okay. okay. Yeah. What was your experience of, you know, managing sort of global offices and being, you know, did you find that hard? No. No, it was just, it was just. No, man, the question is what you, what you, how you define management or leadership. I think. Again, coming back to what I said with radical collaboration, I believe you have to find amazingly talented, passionate people who are better than you. And if you have them, and if you put them together in the right context, amazing things are happening. And you have to respect the different cultures and the different mentalities and different marketplaces and uh, give them a place um, where they can feel free to do what they are great in and support them. And if you do that, everything works well.
Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have to have a vision, I would say. You have, especially if you're running a global company that size, it's about having a clear ambition and vision where we want to go and what we want to be. So everybody knows why they are doing what they are doing. And I think that's important. Yeah, no, I loved I loved it. No, it's uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a good I can, I'm, I'm good in motivating people. OK, because moti- leadership for me is walking the talk. It's not about standing there and talking bullshit and then sit in your corner office. It's about walking the talk. So and I think the people respect me for that because I was enjoying the pain. If I, if I was asking them to go and, and feel the pain, mm-hmm. uh, I was the first one. So that's the reason they, they followed me, let's say that way. Okay. No, I loved it. I mean, but I don't miss it. That's the great thing. Because a lot of people, especially in my position, when they step down or then they resign or when they, I don't know, they lose the job or whatever, they are in a black hole. Because all of a sudden you're not important. All of a sudden you don't have a title. All of a sudden nobody listens to you. Because the main reason of existence was this. For me, it was a great chapter in my life, but it was a chapter. So I didn't have this, let's say, uh, weak feelings or depressions or everything that everybody has when they, when they resign. It was, it was actually, no, it is a great feeling. And I don't miss it, which is amazing. I mean, I'm out of the advertising industry since one year. Mm-hmm. And everybody was telling me, oh, you will miss it. Nope. You don't Zero. miss it at all. Oh no, no, what? I don't miss it. No, Be- but again, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm saying it. It was something that I loved and I did, but it was also something where you, where it was clear that at some certain point of time it's over. So, and if you're prepared for it from a mental point of view, from an emotional point of view, uh, you say, okay, thank you very much. The king has left the building. No? Yes, exactly. <laughs> So what were your highlights working in the advertising? Can, you know, your, the highs and lows. I didn't have a lot of lows. That was the great thing. I mean, it was an amazing journey, uh, which was not only about being creative, but also actually shaping the business, turning around. Uh, I, I started as a copywriter and then I went through the ranks very, very fast. I was a creative director after one year, an executive creative director after another year. Then I left my job to actually turn around a, a big advertising agency in Germany, which was DDB, the German organization, mm-hmm. which was 35 years in, in deep shit with 40 million euros in debt. So we started, actually it was a, it was a mission impossible uh, thing. And we took over and we turned it around to the, one of the best agencies in the world, which was amazing. But not only from a creative point of view, but also from a business point of view. And that's the reason they asked me to to do the global job. So, no, there was a lot of highs, a lot of great ideas, a lot of great advertising campaigns. Yes, you have always lows, but I think the lows are important um, in the process of learning. Mm -hmm. So the the mistakes that you make, the things that are happening which are not nice are actually shaping you better than the success. So, yes, exactly. No, it was a good time, but it's over. Yeah, and and now, you've, how do you feel the future of advertising? You know, what do you what do you think is changing in the advertising world? I think uh, technology will take over. They are it's already taking over in the last I would say ten years, but it's more and more taking over. Um, in terms of the efficiency of marketing, mm-hmm. um, and I believe. Um, 
the way that you have to see creativity in the context of advertising has to change, but that is something that I said already 10 years ago, which was about what we discussed at the beginning, which is, for me, creativity is not about craft, it's about solving problems, mm. especially if you're in the service industry. Yes. And as long as you are, your ambition as a company is not about solving problems, but doing advertising in terms of craft, you're fucked. Because advertising is a commodity. And I think uh, with the technology coming in, the pressure will, will grow and grow and grow even more for them to change the business model because the business model is a, is a commodity business model. So it's only about who is delivering it uh, at a cheaper price. So they have to, they have to redefine themselves in advertising and marketing, especially with the changing landscape and also with the changing value structure of people mm-hmm. and with the technology that, that, that is existing. So, no, I, I would not say it's, it's a bad business to be in, but it's a challenging business at the moment because the people who are in charge, I think they still didn't realize that they have to change mm-hmm. in a fast way. So... Who do you think is doing, you know good things in the advertising world these days? Can you think of companies? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at it in advertising. I'm looking at it as a, as a company and as a brand. And I think companies like Nike and Apple are doing an amazing job because they are looking, looking at it on a, as a holistic way. I would not say that specifically the advertising of Apple is amazing. It's not. But the marketing job of Apple is amazing. To create a brand in such a way and such a unique way and in such a sustainable way. And from a business point of view, successful way, it's an amazing job. Um, Then you can see the digital space with Tesla, what is going on with Tesla, it's a marketing job. It's because the electromobility will take time. I mean, it takes another 15 to 20 years till you have mass electromobility. It It will not happen faster than that, but I mean, Elon Musk is doing an amazing job marketing his brand in, a, in an amazing way. So mm-hmm. I would say that's very interesting. But I would not go specifically into advertising. For me, advertising is a too niche and only a very small part of it, mm-hmm. of the big orchestra that you have to conduct to, to create a brand, no? Yeah, so it's like, the, it's basically the holistic overview yeah. of, of the brand. That's what I, what I always loved about it. I was, it was more about the holistic picture and not only one specific part. Even though I was focusing my majority of my time to do advertising campaigns, but it was always clear to see, to see the context and the connection of advertising to all the other parts. Exactly. And what influences your creative decisions when you make this creative decisions? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because um, um, uh, the Bill Bernbach, the founder of DDB, who actually created the creative advertising, he said the best advertising will make sure that a, that a bad product will fail faster because more people know that it's a shitty product. So that is exactly what I'm saying with the holistic approach. I mean, you can do the best advertising if your product or service is shit. shit. So it's not about advertising. It's about solving problems. Exactly, yeah. which is what you keep uh, exactly. referring back to. So, but in terms of, you know, when you think about, you know, creating a a sort of advertising campaign, let's say, and you have done in the past, how do you do, you look at the big picture, basically, in terms of building it? Yeah, it's about solving a problem. Again, you're not, you're just not creating an advertising idea. You're trying to promote a product or a service and seduce people in a market space. 
in a way that it becomes relevant. So it's a, it's a problem solving. It's not craft. The craft part is is the least important part. The intellectual part is the most important part. Yeah. How do you crack it? How do you crack it that the people say it's interesting, it's relevant for me? I want to know more. I want to get emotionally hooked with it. I'm I'm interested to try it out and so yeah. on and so on. Right? Yeah. So you're thinking about the customer at the end of the day as well. Yeah, yeah but customer is one part of it. No, I mean we we were discussing as as I was talking to the guys in my 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 course. It was the design thinking process, and the biggest part of it is actually looking at uh, the audience. What is, what is the problem that you're solving and whom are you solving it for? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And Cannes Lions, you, you've been part of the Cannes Lions Festival and you've, mm -hmm. you know, been on the panel of yes. judges. So, so tell us, you know, your experience with, you know, being on, in that role and sort of seeing what other people are doing in terms of advertising. I was always very critical about uh, advertising awards because um, they are good if you if you look at it in a in a very very um, civilized way, which is celebrating and and uh, yeah celebrating and awarding the most innovative ideas in marketing and advertising, but they are also a bad thing because what happened with advertising awards in the last 10 years i would say is because more and more of them came to stage and and they were giving more and more awards to everybody kind of the creativity in advertising become became a commodity so if everybody is creative nobody is creative mm -hmm. and if everybody is creative as a client i can buy it uh cheaper and cheaper and cheaper so that was not a really good job that they did because i don't believe that there are, let's say, 140 different amazing ideas, marketing ideas in the world every year. Like a lot of advertising awards are pretending that they are. So I think one or two ideas are amazing. Like the Oscars, there's only one film in one year which becomes the Oscar. So no, advertising awards are interesting and they, I think they are important, but if they are set up in the right way and in the right context and a lot of Things in the advertising award business didn't go didn't go well and didn't go right. Okay. So, what would you say wasn't right about it in terms? And of what I said is, if everybody is creative, if everybody is getting an award, so what you're creating is a commodity. Yeah. So it's everybody can win the World Cup. There is no point of having a World Cup. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> if everybody can be a chess grandmaster then you don't need to play anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there, so should be, there, should be, there should be a bar, a, defini a definition of a bar where you say, okay, that is the top of the top because everybody's orienting, uh, orienting them themselves towards it and everybody's trying to achieve it. But if everybody can be that, the bar is here. Yes. Right? So yeah. the quality is not there. And again, the other problem with advertising awards is that the majority of the awards that they give is are more to, let's say, prototypes and innovative projects which will never happen in the real marketplace. Mm -hmm. So it's done mainly to try things out, which is great. I mean, you can you have to celebrate innovation, but you have to also celebrate uh, the real market success because that is the job that we we used to do in advertising. Mm -hmm. Our job in advertising was to sell products. That's actually the reason of existence. And if you neglect that, if you forget that, and if it's not your main focus, then you have a problem. No? 
Okay, so when you were, um, you know, working with Cannes Lions, what were you looking for in terms of, you know, give, awarding advertising? That's what I said, original, original uh, creative and marketing ideas which really move the market, which are a great lesson for all the people who are working in the industry to say, okay, you can approach a problem in a different way. Yes, the craft part is important. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't neglect that. I'm not saying it's not important, but the, the problem-solving part, the inside part, mm. the intellectual part of how you approach things is yeah. much more interesting than to craft it at the end. Okay. To produce a film, making, I don't know, a promotion, create an event or okay. whatever. It's great, but the idea and the, and the intellectual, let's say, capacity behind it, it's very, very interesting. Okay. So, so again, we're, we're talking about solving problems. No, no, again, again, yeah, solving problems. I think that is it's how you define creativity. For me, it's about solving problems. It's not about craft. Craft is important, but it will not help you solve problems. No, but not even in a techno uh, when it comes to technology. I mean, you can be a skilled uh, coder, right? You can be the most amazing coder in the world, but you cannot solve a problem if you're not using your creativity in the right way. Mm -hmm. So creativity is important to bring to the table in whatever yeah, exactly. industry you're in. Yes. And in terms of what you're doing now with film, you know, how are you sort of uh, working with film? How, and why did you decide to go into that? No, it's about the so it's about actually a very, very simple insight, which is if you see how the technology is pushing. Uh, let's say content towards more and more streaming platforms, away from TV, away from the old ways of uh, looking at content. The problem with the streaming streamers are that they lack of great content. I mean, great content in terms of quality-driven content. Mm. If you look at the, the, the library of Netflix, maybe 10% of it, it's great. The mm. rest is shit. Yes. So there is a place where you can go and use your creativity and collaborate with other people to create different concepts for content and pitch them. If it's a, a movie or a docu-series or a documenta documentary or whatever it is, to create a little bit um, something which is more quality driven and less about just doing it because it's content. So that is the ambition behind it. Okay. So in terms of content for films, what do you look for? in terms of good content? I think it's the same. It's the same like in every other category. The people want to be engaged and being connected to amazing ideas and amazing stories. Mm. Stories is... is but stories which are not... I mean, if you, if, it, if you think about it, stories, they can be made up, but even the made up stories have to be so human and so insightful that you say and they have to be told in a completely different way where the people say wow yeah and not the same formula that you're using again and again and again yeah but i think also you know when people think about you know connecting with stories they need to yeah. be authentic these days yeah, yeah authentic the question is what is authentic i mean if i look at the hollywood uh hollywood time in the 70s if I look at Apocalypse Now, for example, which was completely produced and made on LSD. Yes. So if you look at this movie, it's not about being authentic. It's about, can I create madness 
to show the people the madness of war. And they did it because they had the balls to do it, because they didn't have to lose anything, or Francis Ford Coppola. And I think that is what the, but the world needs more. People who are going in and say, it's not about making it right in the context of the business of making movies, but in terms of create something which is really resonates to people, which is inspiring people, which is giving people a different view. So that is what I like about it. And it's not a lot there. That's the problem. Because a lot of people are either afraid or they are, they are constrained in this old context of the, of the film business or the content business, and they, 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 they cannot afford to move, maybe. So to be independent and do crazy shit, and again, coming back to crazy shit, is, is, is a great motivation. Yeah. Mm. And, and pushing the boundaries. Yes. Yeah. So, so what are you? Are you sort of representing uh, films to sell to Netflix, or how are you working with it? No, we have a company. We are. We are. We have like different people collaborating together. And we are. We are developing concepts, and then we go to the streamers, not only to Netflix, to Amazon Prime, Apple TV Plus, or even to the big production companies, and say, here, there is a there is a concept, there is a story, and it could be interesting. Are you interested to to collaborate with us to make it happen? Yeah. So you. But it takes time because at the moment it's also difficult. The film industry is it's, it's very very complicated. The content industry, because you have a lot of things which are finished in the pipeline, which cannot be out because of the cinemas are closed and everything. And then um, there is a lot of restrictions in terms of production. So it's it's not easy at the moment. It's time consuming. So it's not going fast enough. But if you are patient enough, it's fun. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people are now uh, have access to, and because of COVID, you know, they're they're all watching it at the sort of you know on their computers, and it's yeah. kind of the way, the future of perhaps you no, know. No, no, no. That is the technology part is clear. I mean, that will be that will be the future for sure. That you you don't you are not you are not relying anymore on on the old distribution channels. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. If it's cinema or all the other stuff. Again, even if you can look at it everywhere and you can consume it everywhere, the question is the quality of the content. And that is where I believe you can do a much better job because 90% of the, the content that you get is not really interesting. Yes. Or let's say quality driven, let's say it that way. Okay, great. What did you sort of learn? You know, were you in Spain when, you know, when we had all this pandemic at the beginning of last year? Yeah. You were in, you were in Spain experiencing I was in Barcelona and then I was in Ibiza, yeah. Okay, so so what did you learn from that pandemic yourself in terms of, you know, how you wanted to sort of what you wanted to focus on? Again, I said I was. I think I'm the only person, or one of the few persons in the world who love this pandemic. I love it. I love it because it's the it's a kick in the ass that the whole the whole system needed to really recalibrate and redefine and reflect about what is really important. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm not happy with the, the health consequences and, and the people who died of it, which is a sad story. <coughs> but I hope that in the next, let's say, one or two years or let's latest three years, we will come back to a new normal in terms of dealing with this disease. <coughs> but what I love about it is the impact. As I said, it's an accelerator of all the things which were already struggling 
and is washing away all the things without substance, which is amazing. And it's the beginning of a new world in a completely different way. And I hope more and more people are looking at it in that way and also redefine and question their own value system and the way they want to live, the way they want to work, they, they want to create things. So I love it. And what no, I meant, that's what I said. I mean, um, it's, I think I'm the wrong person to answer this question because for me, yeah, you're sitting for three months in a home and you can order food. This is the real problem. The problem is being 15, having nothing, and try to survive and walking your way from the Turkish border to Istanbul for eight weeks. That is a fucking problem. So no, it's not a problem. I mean, yeah, um, it's difficult, especially for the young generation, it's difficult. I mean, it's tough to be beginning of your 20s and you cannot enjoy life. You cannot travel. You cannot meet with your friends. That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I get that. Mm. But I think even the tough times are teaching you more on the long run than if you if you can party every day. No, so that's what I said to the guys. I said, I, I feel you. I feel the pain. But I believe if you look backwards 10 years from now, this time teached you more about life and your ambition and your vision and your idea of things and your values than the good times. That's mm -hmm. what I believe. Yeah. And your early life. I mean, that obviously impacted you mm. the way you see yeah. problems. So so that's why you do not see anything as a challenge or a problem. You just kind of go through it. No, I, I think there is nothing that you cannot solve. There is nothing which is impossible, let's say that way. Mm. If you really are passionate about it, if you really want something, you can achieve it. It's a fact. I mean, the um, biggest, the biggest, I would say the biggest human and technological achievement in the last hundred years was building a fucking crazy rocket and landing people on the fucking moon with the computer power of a smartphone in 1969 and if he can do this we can do everything no mm -hmm. and that is amazing it's the question is what is your approach to life is your approach seeing the negative things and trying to to find an excuse why you cannot do it or is your approach to life being positive and say yeah it's difficult it's maybe complicated and it's maybe challenging but i can do it if i want to do it i can do it and that is my approach mm. let's say that way and again, I'm not a religious guy. Um, I don't believe in God. And I believe, I don't believe in that you will be born again. So I don't believe in this bullshit bingo. The only thing that I believe is you have this one life. Yeah. And if you have this one life and it's a limited time, make the best out of it. Fucking mm. make the, don't waste your time because you don't have time. No. Make the best out of it. That is my approach. If it's right or wrong, I don't know. In my life, it's right. Yeah. Um, Maybe in some other, other people's life, it's the wrong concept. I don't know. Okay. What are your values? How do you sort of, and how do you bring those about it to, to your daily life? It's about being truthful to yourself, first of all, and to everybody else, which is the most toughest thing that you can, you have to be. It's about being very, very consequent in everything that you're doing and being bold and courageous and respect i think i believe in karma i believe if you do think good things good things happen to you and if you're an asshole uh, life will will show you that you're an asshole in the long run so 
That is that are my values. Respect people, enjoy life, be truthful, which is the most complicated and difficult thing that you can be. It's very tough to be truthful to yourself. It's very, very tough. Because it's the tendency of the brain is to say, oh no, it's not your fault, or it was a rainy day, or I'm too young. You know what I mean? Mm. The brain is trying to manipulate you, but being truthful is, the, I think, the most important thing. Okay. And what's the most, you know, in terms of living every day, what gives you the sort of drive to, you know, carry on with what you're doing in terms of work? That's what I said. I should not be here. Looking at my story, I should not be alive here sitting in front of you. So knowing that, it's a gift. And don't uh, misuse it. Don't throw it away, this precious thing, which is called your life, and use it in, a, in, a, in an amazing way. Or try to do, to make the best out of it. That's what I'm trying. Okay. Yeah. And how do you influence others and, and also your children with that kind of mindset? I don't know if I can influence people. I hope that the people look at, look at me and say, there's another way of looking at things. To be grounded and to be truthful and try to make the best out of your possibilities and your resources and your time and your lifetime. I try to live it and I live it by example. And if the people like it, it's great. If they don't like it, I, mean, I, cannot, I cannot force people, right? Okay. You well, gen like generally, I mean, you're, you're a positive person, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even with Corona, no? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure cool. talking to you as well. And right. thank you thank very much. Thank you very much. much. Thank you. Okay. Perfect. This was another episode of the See You Tomorrow podcast, introducing you to brilliant minds and ideas. Find us on the YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, see you next Thursday.